Section 36 of China, Japan, and the Islands of the Pacific. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The World's Story, Volume 1, China, Japan, and the Islands of the Pacific. Edited by Ava March Tappan. Section 36. The Palace of the Great Khan in Kambalik, Peking by marco polo kublai khan was a good ruler to the chinese and did well for the country he was anxious to know more about the rest of the world and when he was told that two merchants from venice were in his city he was delighted and sent for them at once to ask questions about their rulers how they lived how they went forth to battle and in what manner they administered justice after these two merchants the polos had remained in china for some time they returned to italy then they journeyed eastward again and this time they brought with them young marco the son of one of them the young man put on the chinese dress and learned the four languages most used in the country this pleased the khan but something else pleased him much more he was hungry to know about the distant lands and the manners and customs of people but when his officers returned from an embassage they had nothing to say except to make reports of the business on which they had been sent they are fools and dolts declared the emperor and to the men themselves he said i had far liefer hearken about the strange things and manners of the different countries you have seen than merely be told of the business you went upon it chanced that marco was once sent away on a business matter he kept his eyes open and when he returned he had a long story to tell of what he had seen the emperor was delighted at last he had found a man after his own heart he sent the young Venetian on most important missions, and listened eagerly to the lively stories that he has always had to tell on his return. After the Polos had gone back to their own country, Marco wrote a very interesting book about his years in China, or Café, as it was then called. The following stories are taken from this book. The Editor you must know that it is the greatest palace that ever was it is all on the ground floor only the basement is raised some ten palms above the surrounding soil and this elevation is retained by a wall of marble raised to the level of the pavement two paces in width and projecting beyond the base of the palace so as to form a kind of terrace walk by which people can pass round the building and which is exposed to view whilst on the outer edge of the wall there is a very fine pillared balustrade and up to this the people are allowed to come the roof is very lofty and the walls of the palace are all covered with gold and silver they are also adorned with representations of dragons sculptured and gilt beasts and birds knights and idols and sundry other subjects and on the ceiling too you will see nothing but gold and silver and painting on each of the four sides there is a great marble staircase leading to the top of the marble wall and forming the approach to the palace 
the hall of the palace is so large that it could easily dine six thousand people and it is quite a marvel to see how many rooms there are besides the building is altogether so vast so rich and so beautiful that no man on earth could design anything superior to it the outside of the roof also is all colored with vermilion and yellow and green and blue and other hues which are fixed with a varnish so fine and exquisite that they shine like crystal and lend a resplendent lustre to the palace as seen for a great way around this roof is made too with such strength and solidity that it is fit to last for ever between the two walls of the enclosure there are fine parks and beautiful trees bearing a variety of fruits there are beasts also of sundry kinds such as white stags and fallow deer gazelles and roebucks and fine squirrels of various sorts with numbers also of the animal that gives the musk and all manner of other beautiful creatures insomuch that the whole place is full of them and no spot remains void except where there is traffic of people going and coming the parks are covered with abundant grass and the roads through them being all paved and raised two cubits above the surface they never become muddy nor does the rain lodge on them but flows off into the meadows quickening the soil and producing the abundance of herbage from that corner of the enclosure which is toward the northwest there extends a fine lake containing foison of fish of different kinds which the emperor hath caused to be put in there so that whenever he desires any he can have them at his pleasure a river enters this lake and issues from it but there is a grating of iron or brass put up so that the fish cannot escape in that way moreover on the north side of the palace about a bow shot off there is a hill which has been made by art from the earth dug out of the lake it is a good hundred paces in height and a mile in compass this hill is entirely covered with trees that never lose their leaves but remain evergreen and i assure you that wherever a beautiful tree may exist and the emperor gets news of it he sends for it and has it transported bodily with all its roots and the earth attached to them and planted on that hill of his no matter how big the tree may be he gets it carried by his elephants and in this way he has got together the most beautiful collection of trees in all the world and he has also caused the whole hill to be covered with the ore of azure which is very green and thus not only are the trees all green but the hill itself is all green likewise and there is nothing to be seen on it that is not green and hence it is called the green mount and in good sooth it is named well on the top of the hill again there is a fine big palace which is all green inside and out and thus the hill and the trees and the palace form together a charming spectacle and it is marvellous to see their uniformity of colour everybody who sees them is delighted and the great khan had caused this beautiful prospect to be formed for the comfort and solace 
and delectation of his heart. End of section 36. This recording is in the public domain.